Are you ready to get peculiar? everyone and welcome to Okashina Podcast Anime with Friends. So nice to be back here. I am Sabrina Ray. With me, my two chairs, the hands of the queen. <laughs> Donald, Victoria, <laughs> how are you? How is the kingdom? Hmm, I mean, the, the peasants are rebelling. Of course. I think we shouldn't, you know, I think we shouldn't told them they can eat cake. Um... I mean, aside, aside from aside from that, and there's like this blade like at my neck. I think you know. I think everything's going all right. <laughs> Victoria, Victoria, are you there? <laughs> yeah. I just heard a falling of metal and a sound of almost like a lettuce or a head of cabbage being oh, cut in half. <laughs> I get it. I get the joke. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, the joke, it wasn't, and I wasn't very good. But you were talking more about I don't know. I guess when we're talking about cake, that's French. Coming so, yeah, closer, we're in the right era. Yeah, Coming closer kind of... so we can hear you better. Again? A little bit more. No, something's got to change then, because I'm... No, 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 that was good, that was good. That was perfect. I, I, I'm no further than I was a moment ago. <laughs> uh, it, it's like where your mouth is placed, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, can you move your mouth? Like yeah, like side of your face. Or I could try not moving my mouth and see what happens then. Oh, oh that's really good. good. That's yeah. perfect. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was, that was. Yeah, that's not as much fun for me. I'll be honest. And Victoria, you're too close now, so you got to move back like half an inch because when you laughed just now, you you went into the red. Oh no, I this spiked. is the, this is the kind of content that our listeners expect. We yeah. are a show about. All those anime that have fallen by the wayside. They've sat on the side of the road waiting to be picked up by <laughs> by the kind-hearted folks <laughs> who are looking for something different. We're the, we're the kids that they don't get adopted until they're like 12 or 13 because <laughs> you don't really appreciate the, the unique things they bring. Those are the kinds of anime that we, we, we gravitate towards here on Okashina Podcast. And the one that we're covering right now is Odd Taxi. And we are all the way up to episode 10, which is exciting. Because we are in the thick of it now. Stuff is happening. I have Victoria's notes open. I was about to read them and my eyes were like going all over the page. Um <laughs> You know, one thing I noticed about this, and I think I'm just in a better mood in general because uh, I'm actually sleeping at night, (laughs) (laughs) which is new for me. (laughs) Uh, I got my daughter back from her long uh, vacation with my parents, which was hilarious. I will tell you one anecdote from that before I get into the show. Um, My dad is super, super, like, obsessed. Nah, that's the wrong word. My dad is very obnoxious about his wooden tables he has very expensive dining room tables that are made of wood and it's like high quality wood and my daughter came in from like wherever and she had like a toy gator that she was playing with in the water and she just like plops it down on his wood and i'm standing right there at the time because i (laughs) i spent the first week with her there to sort of acclimate her for the full month of my parents that she would have to endure and she she looks dead she looks him dead in the face and she goes 
What's your obsession? What's your fascination with wood? <laughs> At that point, I would be like, and scene. I will get her in two months. Please enjoy your experience. What yeah, so it's almost, I wanted to I wanted to just pause it, you know, and just exit and not be there for the fallout. He was like, he was dumbfounded and he just walked away with his hands thrown up. That's what his reaction was. It was great. Oh. Honestly, my yeah. daughter is so much cooler than I am. She really she really hit him where it hurts. Like Yeah. <laughs> she just took this grown man down. It was kind of a greatest hits from her though, because she once told the optometrist, like, and this is probably where I got the word obsessed. She was like, Why are you obsessed with eyes, man? <laughs> Cause she was having like her like uh examination for her to to get glasses. And she saw all these eyes like on a chart. And she was like, what's with your obsession with eyes? <laughs> so I mean, it's a good anyway, question. yeah. And what's our obsession with this show? I love the opening now. It's, it took me a while to get back into it. Like the first time I watched the series, I sometimes skipped it because I was like eager to get to the next thing. But now that I'm actually watching it and listening, not only do I love the the cool vibes of it, the chill the chill vibes, but I'm really into the idea that once you get to know the characters, each little vignette they have in the opening credits that focuses on a character kind of has like a a visual metaphor or some kind of representation of that character. Um so like you'll see like um Tanaka and he's playing a game in which uh, it looks sort of like Mario except I think he has an umbrella or something and he's he's being like bombarded by falling blocks a la Tetris so I, there's lots of little fun cute things like that uh, we never really talked too much about the opening but do you guys have any thoughts or um, cool factoid in the scene where Diano's on his scooter they, they show the um they show the singer and rapper who are performing the song in animal form on the buildings. Oh, that's really cool. Is that like when uh, Eminem and Snoop Dogg came to the Video Music Awards as their NFT yacht board apes, board yacht apes? <laughs> I mean, that's a weird way to find out that happened, but I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that or, or watched a little bit of it and was dumbfounded is the word that i would use it's like you're Uh-oh. reinventing gorillas yeah oh you mean not like the gorilla animal you mean like the band with the z <laughs> you mean like the band i thought you would get that reference yes <laughs> you are reinventing gorillas here man well done <laughs> i think the the, animal. oh gariki gariki is um they're doctors yeah, they're doctors now but true. um they op- the, op- the opening also has some like twists hidden and like hidden in plain sight i probably don't want to go into all of them right now because some of them are finale spoilers but i thought so too i watched it again with new eyes and i was like oh that's that's kind of a reveal isn't it yeah did anyone pick up on that (laughs) did anyone pick up on that as the show was going was anyone like hey there's something in the opening that like kind of gives little things away i mean yeah that was kind of that was kind of how it went when during the during the airing, like the people the people I was talking to about it, we were all like, huh, you know, this happens. I guess you know, if this happens in it. I guess that's going to, um, I guess that's the answer, <laughs> or you know, yeah. or, is it, or is it a red her- is it a red herring or is it an answer? Right, true, true. Because it 
there's a one that looks it could be either or <laughs> it could be well i can't talk about it but yeah I, I, let's, let's, get, let's we'll we'll get to we'll get to it <laughs> we'll get to it we'll get to it um let's just start off with our impressions of the first episode here which is called we have no tomorrow um this is a really interesting one i thought uh, but it's not my favorite of the three. I think I liked the 11th episode, which really got into the idols a lot. Uh, that was yeah. my favorite episode. That is definitely one of the highlights. Yeah. I, think- I, I, I just, I don't think that I've seen that story done that well. It's so strange. Cause I remember watching it and I was like, Oh, this is a drama. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is getting very serious very quickly. I know we've had serious moments throughout, but they always seem to land with some kind of comedic value. And I know there's like comedy that still comes in, but there's long moments where this just feels like a drama. Yeah. Episode, episode 10 is really just kind of, I, I think mostly moving everyone into their places for the final, for like the final stretch yeah, when it got to the yeah. end, I was like, oh, it's heist time, baby. And then they <laughs> kind of threw me for a loop when I got to episode 11. I don't know. I feel like I realized I was in a drama somewhere in episode four, where things really took a turn that I was not expecting. And then, you know, the poor kid um, gets beaten by his father, etc. Like, <laughs> if we're going to talk about um, sort of tone shifts, that was perhaps the most abrupt one. Uh, but I I do agree that this, well, this definitely deepened the whole story and got to a number of reveals that I had been waiting for for a while. That's an interesting point in that it kind of makes me also think about Paranoia Agent, which, is, which was the show that Dawn and I did previously for this. And I know you've probably seen it, Victoria. I actually, I've actually been putting it off for years because it's the last Satoshi Kon anime I haven't seen and once once I once I finish it, like I know there will just be nothing left because they're never going to finish this last film, and like I, I still like right. cry about that every night. Um, oh, I mean so not, every, not every not 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 every night, maybe like twice a day. I mean, we watched um, we watched <laughs> that, that, that wasn't and a then we watched move in the right direction. That, yeah, that was that was the joke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize it was a joke. <laughs> there was a joke in between you crying every night. <laughs> The, the joke, the joke, or the joke is I'm already exaggerating. Like saying I'm crying every night, and then I say that was an exaggeration, and then I, and then I, for if I had an even more plausible scenario, then I'm crying about it twice a day. Anyway, uh, just had to explain okay. the joke. Like she, I just had to explain the joke, like Shiba, Shibagaki to yes. um, Nagashima. Yes, what a great segue <laughs> into the episode itself. Um, Baba's lost his comedic flair. Victoria, you said Shibagaki was stubborn and sucks. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, I think this kind of I, was like in that vein where this 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 high schooler who believes in him for some reason sees the magic that <laughs> that no one else is seeing on that level. Uh, he's he doesn't even like he doesn't even placate him in any way. He just shuts him down real quick. I mean, he's got a point. He's got a point that at whatever his age is, it would be weird to team up with a high schooler. But yeah, it didn't. And Nagashima doesn't give up. Like, he's still calling after him. Like, no, 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 man, reconsider. Yeah, he's pretty aggressive. But, in you know, a good way? He's going to do, he's, he's he's, he's do well in life. Yeah, I, I think mean, so. I kind of wanted him to succeed. I wanted to see what would happen if this grizzled, you know, uh, old 
joke miser. I'm trying to think of a good name for a uh, good name for him. Ends up with this young upstart who's clearly been studying him and evaluating him on on every dimension. Like to me, I was like, oh, that would that would be pretty cool if that happened. So I was I was sad to see it didn't. But he's also Nagashima is also a little creepy because um out you know outside of the anime, he is also the one who's sort of who's like podcasting everyone's secret conversations recorded from that little heart pen that's being passed around. So he's, you know, he's, 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 he's a complicated character for one who doesn't have a huge role. I, I don't know about it, uh, our listeners, but I, my mind is just blown. John, do you remember him having a heart pen that he uses to record mm. conversations secretly? No, no is that in an anime or something? No, no, no. It's it's the it's it, you see a you see a pen being passed around between character between characters during episodes. Or like you know they are they're seen with it. It's actually like I thought the pen was just a slut. I, I didn't realize. Um, I mean, I mean, I mean, are you slut shaming writing utensils now? Um, no, but it's, yeah. it's 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 kind of the key. It's the it's the key for the audio dramas because. It's it's like but in the audio dramas, it get pa- it gets passed around between the characters, and you get additional con- you hear additional conversations from them that he's that he's like his that his um or the Nagashima has this um like this mic frequency reader thing that he's been using to, using incidentally to pick up these conversations and broadcasting them in his podcast, which is the audio drama. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's it's multimedia. Well, not to jump too far ahead, but yeah. I mean Shibagaki he's he's going to he's on the verge of a nervous breakdown <laughs> of a of a big I quit moment. And I I've certainly had those in my life where but they've never been quite so explosive that I did them on a national stage during the N1 finals or whatever where he just completely loses it. <laughs> In case you haven't figured it out, we don't like keep secret what happens later in the episode during these recaps because uh, you're expected to have watched 10 through 12 at this point uh, to listen to this show in order to sort of like bounce around with us. Sorry if Um, you weren't paying attention earlier and now you're um, now you're crying over the spoilers. But if you made it this far, (laughs) what a spoiler. (laughs) Shibagaki quits comedy. Maybe. In episode 12. Yeah, in episode episode, 12. In episode 12, he sort of drops a bomb that he's, like, I think, I thought it was really funny, too. Like, uh, he and Baba are on stage doing their, doing their manzai bit. And uh, it's going really well, I thought. Like, I was kind Mm -hmm. of, I was kind of laughing at it. And it's not really my best, it's not like my favorite form of comedy, but I was into it. I thought it was funny. It was kind of like, like, back to the future, right? He comes back as his son. And he's talking to him and he's like, uh, he knows that he, something bad happens to him in just five years later. <laughs> and he kind of reveals that. And then he's, he's playing catch up the whole time. And, and then it kind of comes back to that, like, oh, if I could turn back time, I would have never gotten into comedy. And it just gets, it gets really serious. And then it's just over. And yeah. So. I guess this was sort of, we've been sort of seeing his slow, like, realization that he's never going to make it and that he maybe doesn't even want it anymore, which is interesting because the whole episodes about Nikaido, I mean, Rui, where uh, 
she sort of gets inspiration from Baba, who was basically like, I just stopped caring. I just, <laughs> I just, I just quit trying. And then he's hugely successful. But like, she was like a, she was like a, I don't know what to call it. Like, a, she was trying twice as hard and, you know, cause she didn't have the natural talents of Mitsuya Yuki, uh, the original <laughs> spoiler, <laughs> the original, <laughs> the original, uh, member of mystery kiss before she was murdered <laughs> uh but yeah there's a lot of that in these episodes that i just thought was interesting um any thoughts on sort of like that that idea that like you've reached your limit and like this is as far as you go worth mentioning also that baba's at that point too because right before you know right before right before he's hosting like if we lose this we're over like you're the one who's gonna you're the one who's gonna have the uphill fight because you know i've got my i've got my career outside of this and he he actually like finally you know chastises him shibagaki like you know you you have become less funny um whether that's fair debatable um well i think it has to do with the other thing he said too What, what was that yeah uh, that they're kind of that he's that he's out of touch at this point. Like he's not yeah. listening. Mm-hmm. He's not listening to. He's not listening to any to any feedback. Like implied Nagashima's. Um, but he was not expecting. But he was not expecting Shibagaki to just like throw it at to throw it away during the performance. Definitely not. No, I don't think so either. I, th- I think <laughs> I think he was bending over backwards really to to try and help him as best he could. Anyway, because I don't think that. Baba really cared if they won or lost at that point. No, it's yeah. he was just doing it's it for an him. For Baba yeah. now, like he this this doesn't matter if they're successful, as you pointed out. He's he's made it, so you know it's it's Chibagaki's to to make something of himself or not at this point. Shibagaki is like Principal Skinner in The Simpsons in that one clip where he's like, <laughs> he's like, you know, am I out of touch? No, it's the children who are wrong. Yes. That's, that's like good, his Victoria. entire personality. Yeah. As I will always, always got a Simpsons reference. I will always praise a Simpsons reference. In fact, I'd love to stop for a moment and just do a Simpsons musical cue of some kind. Uh, we could do the, we could do, um, I mean, I could, I just don't feel like singing now. It's okay. It's okay. They they get it. They get it. The audience gets it. All right. So after, after that happens at the beginning of episode 10, we're sort of into, uh, Yano reveals some stuff about Dobu. And I gotta tell you, it might just be that I'm in a better mood or it might just be that now that I've watched it all the way through once and I'm watching it all the way through again, I kind of like Yano now. (laughs) See, see one of us, one of us. I think I'm, I'm, I'm switching teams here. And that's the funny thing about this show is that I will always come out strong on something and then slowly soften or harden in one direction. It's always, I never stay in the same place. It really got me in trouble with the Evangelion show I once did. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, he was, he was brought in by Dobu. And Dobu's sort of like the old school Yakuza who's got his like honor and his, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) For those at home who couldn't see what I did, I did the international sign for masturbation. Um, 
I, I didn't even get that. You know, it's <laughs> well, it's it's just it's just it's just that old style. Like he has he's it's like the honor among thieves, but at the same time, as we saw in episode twelve, that doesn't really stick. <laughs> like once he's once he's got what he wants, like he just kind of throws that code out the window. I, I don't think he ever betrayed his boss, but like as far as like being a good guy, like Otakawa was starting to think of him, nah. And so Yano thinks that he's gotten weak, and he sees this competition as a way to like kick the veteran out and take his place, basically, right? Yeah, he subscribes off as like I think a country a country kid who got raised on the streets. That's probably more explanation. On, well, but I also think it's it's um it, it's fun it's funny because then two episodes later when he yells at when he yells at Emi at one point he like calls him a country bumpkin so he's very much like the the trans the the, the New York transplant who's calling other people transplants. Oh my god, yeah. that's such a good description. <laughs> um, Don the dub. What is who? Which rapper does he most sound like to you? I mean. This is a problematic question because I'm not following or familiar with virtually any rappers. Um, you know, I, I can't answer that one. Once again, I, I turn back to uh, Parappa. Um, but <laughs> you, know, I, the... <laughs> I, you know, my opinion of him has not softened. I I dislike him more than I dislike Dobu. Um, for some reason, the the old style Yakuza shtick works on me in a way it, that the that um yano's stuff just doesn't well now that i've i mean victoria put it in good perspective that like i mean he came from the countryside and probably picked up the rapping thing on the streets i don't know <laughs> i don't know it's probably more explained <laughs> in the side materials that i haven't like thoroughly gone through You've let us down here. I know, I know. I mean, he has a he has a whole rap EP, but like, I you know, my my Japanese isn't there. No, yeah, my even my (laughs) I I got a little bit more this time uh, watching through. This is actually my third watch through of these episodes, but um, I got a lot more this time. I was like picking up like word after word, and I was starting to piece it together. But like, (laughs) it's more enjoyable, I think, once I did that. Anyway, this is a cool moment after that when uh, Otakawa is confronted by Yamamoto, who's still trying to get the dash cam, and he's he's kind of threatening him. And Otakawa just pulls out the reveal that he knows all about their Badger games. And I just thought it was so fucking cool how he was with um, defending Kakihana in that scene. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Otakawa Nurufuru. <laughs> <laughs> he's That's, a he's he's a hero. He is a hero. He gets, he's, he gets, awesome. he's very badass in some of these episodes. Or wonderful. Yeah. Or a wonderful. That's what I said, Don. How did or you feel about wonderful? him, Don? And, yeah. Yeah, you definitely lost me there. I think. I mean, I've always seen Odakawa as sort of a as a as a hero he's he's not interested in money he's just, he's keeps to himself but he has a strong sense of honor and he he respects and cares for his friends 
you know, Orokawa was a good guy. I, I found it. He did, the lack of motives entirely was a little odd. Like most people have some sort of vice or some sort of um, something or other. And he seems completely uninterested in, um, in a girlfriend or uh, anything. Like what is Otakawa really interested in? That's the thing that sort of gets me. It's like, what's his modus up? What, what drives him? Um, and I still it's don't a, have a it's great a good answer question. to that question. Hmm. Um, I will say that, like, it's interesting that they reveal that he's been independently supported by a patron of some kind who has been, who's given him enough money that he never has to worry about money. So it removes money as a motivating factor in any of these situations. Uh, but he goes out of his way to secure the money to give back to Imai and not let, he not only does he not let it get stolen by the gangsters and plays them against each other, but he doesn't even let like, he doesn't even let the money go like to any one party. He gets it back to the kid who rightfully won it. So that's like, he, he risks life and limb to make this plan go through too. Uh, In fact, in this scene, I'm sure you're, Champ, champing at the bit here to say this, Victoria, but uh, Yamamoto goes for the kill. And he's like, <laughs> how can a single taxi driver take us down? You know, yeah, he's I, he's like a legit like gangster. What I found interesting about that character, though, is that uh, he legitimately believes in mystery kiss. <laughs> he believes that idle music can save the world, heal hearts, bring about yeah, world peace, you know. Exactly. Um, I was actually going to say, I was actually going to say, though, this is what I actually champ at the bit to say, is that I think Odokawa is very driven by a sense of righteous, righteousness, which, which Shirakawa calls out, saying, like, you know, the bad guys don't always get punished. But he's someone who is, it's not just that he's received this this money, um, which which episode 12, or yeah, episode 12, like, reveals the, episode 12 reveals where he's getting it from. But it's not just, it's not just that he's, like, paying back he's paying back this char- he's paying back this charity because it like he feels like it belong he feels like it belongs to them it, yeah. it's not kind of not his money so that's I, I think i think that's i think that's his um i think that's where his motivation comes from yeah and it's i it's a really it's a really good way to think about it too because i mean it's not like he's doing bad things or taking money that isn't his in order to pay off this thing. He's working in a, he's working his cab route. (laughs) Like his fare is how he's paying it back. So, I mean, he's an old style dude. (laughs) I get it. Uh, But speaking of Shirakawa, her capoeira comes back and her capoeira theme is like the greatest thing ever. It gets me so pumped. And when I heard it, I was like, yes, go Brazil. (laughs) I I love when um, I love when Otokawa was was saying like the capoeira is one of the three things he doesn't understand how people gets into. She's like, you know, she's like, you need to apologize to Brazil. Yes, which, which, which I feel like <laughs> I, I feel like that just casual. should be a screen cap for like a reaction. That would make a good reaction screen cap. I That'll think so. Yeah. I also like that the three other thing, <laughs> the two other things were the hammer throw and and stimulants. Yeah, that's those. Those are weirdly specific. 
Yeah. Very I mean, specific. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of the humor of the show. Also, the sort of casual conversation that happens after she's kicked Yamamoto's ass in heels, no less, uh, with her capoeira. He's they were sort of sitting... sensible heels, though. There weren't like, I mean, they were not stilettos. That's true. I, I mean, <laughs> they're like the heels that like the the stunt double wears or something, right? Were they like kitten heels or something? I don't know. Uh, but... I don't think they were kittens. I think they were probably like two two and a half inches maybe i mean look as, so, as someone with flat feet and foot problems that's like too much i mean yeah <laughs> I was, I, not sneakers i was not sneakers i do get it would have been easy for her to things. kick them off too yeah I, I do get outraged at certain things like when when dobu uh talked to the pygmy hippo and got him to renounce social media while bleeding out that was something that it happened, but I did not love it. <laughs> and this is another item that happened, and I did not love it. Um, I understand that, you know, we had Otakawa on the ropes here, and we needed a deus ex machina, but uh, I was not thrilled. And there's, how how did she know he was going to be there? Like, they, was she, unless, I the only thing that was plausible to me is that he coordinated with her, that Otakawa coordinated that she would be at this quarry. But otherwise, like, how should, could she possibly have known he was going to be there? The power of Capoeira. The power of Capoeira. It was clearly the power of Capoeira. No, it was not. The staff have just, like, declined to clarify that. It, they, it, just, needed to, it just needed to happen. I didn't, I didn't really put that much stock yeah. in it. I, well, I understand that that is the only way it could happen, <laughs> that it needed to happen cosmically. But I, I, I know that you know, we accept lots of things. I struggled with this one. I am glad that Don is on that side, though, because I think there will be people who will struggle with it, struggle with it, and then there will be other people like me who are like, "What's Japanese for alpaca girl boss?" <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of a lot of people didn't like it. Like my my sympathy is that writing is hard, <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> trying to come. <laughs> So I didn't try to cope with it with like an like a plausible backstory of why everything needs to happen. It's just gonna slow it down. It's just gonna slow it down. Like we need we need to have a payoff with her capoeira. We need to have a payoff with her capoeira drop. So so you were considering yeah. the capoeira a Chekhov's gun? Yeah. I just I mean Chekhov's I capoeira. Yeah. But <laughs> I just I struggle at the the way. I mean, Otakawa should be dead. This isn't the first time Otakawa should be dead, I think, but <laughs> yeah, it, it bugs me a bit. Yeah, uh, I wasn't bugged by it, and I didn't even think about it until now, because I think sometimes if you do something cool, <laughs> it's enough to carry you through. <laughs> but I'm sure, uh, yeah. Which, I mean, this is the part where their jokes are flying fast and furious between Od- Odakawa and Shirakawa. And then, uh, and then he remembers sort of like, Oh shit. Somebody has been like tracking me. <laughs> Something about their conversation reminds him that he's been tracked and he finally finds the GPS. I didn't know it was going to be a GPS at the time. I, I thought it was the cell phone still had miraculous power. In fact, Maya's watching this show called Amphibia where this girl ends up in a, in an amphibian world, like a sort of isekai thing uh, by opening a magic jewelry box. And uh, 
Sure, it wasn't a and clam she shell. has her phone. She has her phone with her, and it mysteriously <laughs> remains charged through like every episode. And then finally, they recharge it by falling into a bunch of uh, electric uh, caterpillars. So yeah, that wouldn't hurt at all. No, I mean it. It, it was the old man that fell in though, so it wasn't I, technically her. So maybe I'm frogs sorry, so have proto-electric topic. But I gotta ask skin. you, so. <laughs> She's underwater? No, they they live in sort of a swampy, half underwater, half land world. Doesn't sound very phone friendly, this world. No, that's another thing, right? Is if you got the phone wet. I feel like you'll be wet a lot. I mean, it sounds like a good opportunity to develop trench foot, among other things. I I think there's actually overlap with Autaxi. Autaxi has a lot of warnings about not getting your phone wet. First day, <laughs> <true>. <laughs> drops in the puddle. He loses his his gotcha progress. That's true. Um, you know they have to they throw meat they throw Mitsuo's phone in the water so that they so that the, the cops have trouble figuring out how she died or trying to figure out where where her body is. Um, what's his name? Kavasawa Dobu throws Kavasawa's phone in the water. That you know really what Atexi is trying to tell you is like, don't take your phone to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've, 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 I've thought really hard about this. This, this is like the true message. I, I agree. Yeah. Um, now to talk about my favorite episode, unless you guys want to get any more into uh, episode ten. Um, um, I, I was doing, I was doing some freeze frame stuff. So, um, when when Sekiguchi is showing um Imai's Twitter account and to like to explain how he cyber stalked down his location. There, I was just looking. I just like paused it to look at what the trending topics were on Twitter, and there was there were some cute there were some cute jokes. Nothing, nothing, no like big plot reveals, but like, give me the, the best one, three. Um, the best three. Okay, so uh, the first time the top trending the top tend- trending item is crossplay, which is like cosplaying a character who's another who's not who's not your gender. Um, the second time, the top one is. Ghost of Tsumazu, which I assume is that video game. It's supposed to be like a parody of that video game. Um, Ghost of Tsushima is that what it's Tsushima, called? That's Ghost right. Of yeah. yeah, yeah. And also, there's like a couple of cute like other pop culture references. There's Itaku with um a nine for the Q, which is which is um which is a parody of a real comedy show called also called Itaku, but the Q is the letter Q. Oh uh, yes, um, yes, yes, yeah. And there's Mongol Mongol nine hundred, which is joke. There's um Mongol Hapyaku, or I'm, I'm just gonna say eight hundred. Mongol eight hundred. <laughs> so it that's a uh, that's an awesome band. I recommend them. Um, that's one of the trending topics. I'm like, I get that reference. I like that band. Yeah, I like the one song. <laughs> I didn't follow up beyond that, but uh, they seemed good whenever I saw them do anything. They've got, they've got other good songs too, but yeah, I'm also gonna I'm also gonna go with the go with the go with the masses and say that Chisana Koinota is just like awesome. They they're from Okinawa, right? Yeah. All right. If, if, if I'll pretty much listen to any band from Okinawa, I, I was really gonna like say that. Much, I was but, gonna say but, that, but, but, but I like them. I like them. They're then I band. thought better of it, but yeah. All right, those are cool <laughs> things that you noticed. Thank you. Yeah. Um. Then we're into the Nikaido story, and it, it, things get yeah. pretty dark there. Um, I I like sort of how they. <laughs> I liked how they 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 set her up 
as is it just that she's cute and cute was what she aimed for <laughs> like uh and Mitsuyuki yuki was just everything and she was good at everything and she didn't really have skin in the game to the extent that that nikaido did because i think she described being an idol as just something that she could do to make some memories yeah but, and she- and she's not afraid. She's not afraid of losing. Like she's been through it. Nikaido's big fear is just not is like not being number one at whatever at whatever thing. Yeah, not losing. And, and then they just cut to Shiho, and she's just like, "My family's poor. <laughs> I want to be rich." <laughs> and the uh, so Don, how did you feel about this stuff? We haven't heard much from you. Let's uh, tell me all about uh, what you think of Mystery Kiss's roots here. And and what goes down? Well, we knew that there was going to be, or I highly suspected there was going to be something nefarious in Mystery Kiss's past. And I also was not surprised to see that Rui was sort of involved. Um, but, you know, again, it's, it's, it's a, to me, it's like a throwback to episode four because we're, focusing on a character in their past, um, which contributes now. But, um, you know, I, I felt that um, I kind of wanted the group to get somewhere. Like, they deserved... Like, I, I, the thing that strikes me is I couldn't tell if I'm supposed to interpret them as, like, a good band that's being held down and they really do deserve a big... Like once they make it, they'll really make it. Or if they're just sort of a bunch of um, like they're they're not going to make it. They're not good. Like they're what was the name of um, the Yamamoto, right? He's the manager. Like he really believes in them. Like he really thinks they can make it. He doesn't want to be um, mixed up in all the, the bad stuff that's going on with the gangsters. Like he's like this is it. I, I'm willing to sacrifice everything. So my group will make it. I, I have a hard time believing that he's totally crazy and that it's all just sort of, you know, being strung along. So he really feels that they can make it. And so, you know, to have all this overhead and this sadness that's now bearing down on the group, like to me, it is really sort of tragic. And I, I'm kind of like, man, this sucks. Cause I really wanted these girls to not be entrapped in this. Meanwhile, then of course, this is the reveal where I found out, well, Rui's actually kind of nasty. Like she does not, she got her position because she coveted it and she was willing to do bad things. Turns out she didn't have to do bad things, but bad things happened. So I was, I was really torn by this episode. It, it kind of stretched me in a couple, in these different directions. Everyone in the group apparently thought that Nikaido was, was the one who was going to be the big star that she was sort of like the centerpiece. But as soon as the producer comes in, he sees Mitsuya and is like, that's the girl. <laughs> give it to, give it to the talent, you know, give the lead role to the talented one. Yeah, basically. I mean, which is not usually how idol stuff works. You know or, what though? Well, not, not often. I want to say maybe. Don't not. you often think though mm-hmm. that like, in in choosing idols that way like if you're putting together a morning musume that you could you could hide sort of the gems in the back or in this on the side on the wings and have someone else in the center knowing that 
putting them on the side will not only make them frustrated and work harder, but that uh, doing so will uh, will make like having someone talented in the center, but someone adorable on the side will raise everybody up. I don't know. I I don't I didn't think that any of them had like a distinct voice. So <laughs> uh, I mean I mean it was I mean, more about their bands. performances. You can have bands that are successful with like multiple really talented people. Like I mean I'm gonna the Beatles obviously had more than just John Lennon. I think uh, the mystery kiss could have been as big as the Beatles. Honestly. I mean <laughs> obviously the parallel is not great, but I'm trying to just draw on collective knowledge like yeah. uh, genesis had multiple lead singers that oh god were i was just good. thinking about that <laughs> <laughs> phil collins ends up being the one that everybody remembers and he was the drummer right <laughs> I, I think it's um i think it's i, I honestly think it's hard to tell with enemy music because honestly hot take a lot of, a lot of it is not very good like it's not oh you no know, what are you doing i know <laughs> i know Dox me. Who is being sacrificed on this altar right now? But but I mean, it's like it's dropping like flies. (laughs) Um, but but like it's 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 um it's you know it's kind of hard to think like well how would this do in how would this do in the real world? I think actually I think like really the only the the only places where the only places where like fictional bands really work for me are in Shinji Y movies. He's mostly a live action director, but he's he's been one of the ones that can where he can he's been one of the ones that involved like, all right, I could see this band being big, sometimes because he actually just used singers who are already big. But anyway, um it's it's hard to it's hard to tell. Like is this a, a lot of it is it's it's kind of generic. It's hard to tell. Is it supposed to be good in universe? Does it matter? But I guess I'm leaning towards it doesn't matter. Well, now that we know Mitsuya's dead the whole time, yeah. or not the whole time, but it's been dead, that, that ending theme song that comes up is kind of morbid. <laughs> so, yeah, that's sung the, by the actress who, who plays Nikaido. And um, fun, actually, fun bonus to the English sub is I noticed they, they, had her, they had her re-sing the whole thing in English. Oh, did they really? I didn't know yeah. that. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Rui calls her out to the office for a meeting like late at night. She does no buses running. So she's like, you can take a taxi. And she like wanted her dead. And we're not really sure what her motives were, um, like what she was planning on actually doing in that moment, whether she was just going to like have a heart to heart or whether she was going to do something uh, violent. I think but, it was, I think she like, was intending, she was going to, she was going to say like i need you to step down because i i need this and then if she didn't she'd be like all right well now's my chance to kill you yeah (laughs) yeah well she wanted her dead and when she shows up she's dead lucky (laughs) Lucky. yeah but then then it's very confusing that's true it is a little confusing she's like i wanted you dead but now you're dead i didn't want this yep that's how it plays out uh, I, mean, I don't I judge her I, too I, harshly, but you know, <laughs> just a little, just a little murder. Um, but <laughs> no, but I, I think, I think initially she, initially, I don't feel like she feels that upset that she's dead. I think it's just as, as, um, as the performances go on and her replacement, um, Mitsuya, Mitsuya's replacement is replacement masquerading as her is not, is not as good that then she starts, then she starts to regret it. 
And that's then she realizes, true. like, holy crap, this could catch up on me. Like, like, initially she doesn't, she's surprised, but she doesn't, I don't feel like she seems that, you know, I don't feel Maybe. like she seems like that upset that she is dead. It's hard to tell what part is upsetting her because she watches this girl get <laughs> dismembered <laughs> and just like she sees the whole thing, the whole like bloody disassembling of the body uh, to remove the identity by the by the gangsters because this is how Yano gets involved. Uh, Yano and Sekiguchi arrive when Yamamoto calls and they, this is an interesting thing. So they get half of Mystery Kiss's future profits. So wait a sec. Couldn't Yano have just not tried to steal Amai's fortune and just let him spend his million dollars on Mystery Kiss goods to up his future profile of this idol group? There. Yeah, you're you're losing half in the haircut right off the bat. And you know, this gets back to the thing, like, is Mystery Kiss any good? Right? Because if they're really good, it's like, well, this is a wise investment. We should want this band to get big. And then literally, you don't even need to be thieves anymore. You're just a 50% owner of a yeah. really successful music band. So I'm getting... So then, so then to Dummy. me, that, that brings you to the more tragic side, which is everybody recognizes, except for Yamamoto, that Mystery Kiss is not a good band, is doomed to fail, and therefore we're just milking this for whatever we can get on the side. I don't know. I don't know if that was quite what I got from it. Like, I think they does. I think Yano just wants more money on more fronts. Like he gets, you know, he gets, he gets the profits, whatever those end up being, because this group is rising regardless of, regardless of whales, like Emi, um, he gets Emi's money without having to, without having to factor in all, purchases you know profits whatever whatever yeah sales stuff and he's also running he's also running badger games so he's getting money that way like i, I mean i'm just a, being simple, cheeky yeah. yeah he's a he's a simple porcupine i'm being cheeky when i say this but what i'm trying to get at is that uh what i'm trying to get at is that <laughs> this is where i get canceled is that success chases success in japan why do japanese manga write on the cover how many copies they sold of so far of the series it's it's really cheesy to me <laughs> like it's really crass to write like your sales volume every month on the cover of the manga it's like i'm buying one piece i know how many fucking <laughs> issues it's sold what does that have to do with the quality like in america we have another type of cheesy we write the the rating <laughs> we write the blurb on the cover like from a Number famous one New York person. Times bestseller. We also do that. Yeah. <laughs> but like in Japan, the numbers chase the numbers. So if you're, I don't know, I'm thinking of like an idol group from back then, like Dream or somebody. Who, uh, that's that's a very questionable level of talent. <laughs> oh, I mean, but, what 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 question is there? None. But they had <laughs> they had several hit songs. <laughs> Did did they did I, I guess they did I folder they, folder five <laughs> oh yeah now we're talking now but but I, but I think actually what I, I might be going too far know. back for a lot of our listeners but like yeah, you, they, they could probably me, think of but... somebody they could probably think of somebody who's in the same category but what I'm trying to say is that if success chases success and in my buying them and making them the number one record in Oricon the Japanese sales charts for the for the week like 
it, that's going to like generate sales in and of itself. I'm sure that's how it works sometimes. Like a company will buy their own CDs just to get it like high ranking if they can. Apex used to be accused of that. <laughs> that would make sense because <laughs> they had like nine songs in the top 10 at the same time. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, let me see where we want to go next. So let's get out of that and go with, let's, let's introduce Wadagaki Sakura. And I'll let you talk about her here, V. Who is Wadagaki Sakura? So she's, she's the one we have been introduced to as Mitsuya before. When Otokawa, when Otokawa is driving her in the car. She is, she is sus. <laughs> she's, <laughs> oh, she, She's, uh, she's she's cute. She talks she, with kind of a lisp almost. Yeah, it's she. She is. I was I was actually thinking that her speech patterns in Japanese seem a little odd to me. It's I mean, or the cadences of her voice. Maybe that's just maybe that's just dumb. Maybe that's just language barrier for me. But she, but she's you know she's just kind of she was the she was the she was the runner up. She was the one who got fourth place in the auditions, and she is just like very 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 eager to take over to take over me to take over the former Mitsuo's position like she doesn't care it's not her identity she's just like i want to do this i want to do this for my mom yeah because you know she wants like you know that's genuine she wants to she wants to she wants to succeed for her mom but she's you know she is just so she is she is she is so she is so ambitious about being in this group like it's 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 a little it's a little it's a little sus like why would you be so happy to be posing as a posing as a missing person yeah i like when she was like oh i i'm here in the spirit of being mitsuya so you can call me mitsuya hehe <laughs> uh donna any thoughts no, I mean, I, there's obviously some heavy foreshadowing here, but I, I don't have anything to add. Cool. Moving on, we find out that the real Mitsuya was Don Raku's daughter. Am I getting this right? Yeah. And Don Raku is an eraser. So <laughs> is Mitsuya part eraser? Shock! <laughs> Don, what do you say to that? I guess I don't even know what you're saying. What's really, an eraser? It's really weird that they modeled this comedian after an eraser. Oh, that thing. They modeled this comedian God. after an eraser. Which came first, the eraser or the comedian? Food for thought. Yeah. It's not a real like question. A, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Happens sometimes. So I think there's like a new idol group that's based on Sailor Moon. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, no. There's them too. Yeah. Uh, let's get to the last episode we did called Not Enough. The heist is on. It's on. It's happening. Oh, my God. Odd Taxi is happening. It's happening. This is. Yeah. Do you remember the part where Otakawa says, "That surely was an odd taxi." <laughs> Wait, that was the last episode. Oh, spoiler! 
Nice. Sorry. <laughs> maybe the maybe the real odd taxi was the friends we made along the way. Oh, I knew you were gonna say it, and I'm glad you did. Uh, Thank you. Okay. So um, I'm really glad that I can meet people's expectations. Thank you. You are meeting my expectations. <laughs> I actually didn't care much about the heist, but I loved all the character stuff that was happening. Uh, yes. Don, this is for you. Tanaka appears uh, once they've pulled off the heist successfully. Uh, Dobu and Otakawa are going to go their separate ways, or he's going to drop him off at the parking lot. Yep. And Tanaka comes out of nowhere, and there it is. It's the there bullet it count, is. Don. I I mean, I was like, yep, here we go. He's out of bullets. Um, And this is the real Chekhov's gun, if you will. Uh, But no, we... (laughs) If it's the real Chekhov's gun, how many times does Chekhov's gun go off per act? We've had like six times. I mean, if the gun keeps being foreshadowed, then it's going to be fired. But the... I, I do like the fact that it was Dobu's sort of, he he knows too much and he's too full of himself. He's like, you can't do anything. And then, whoops, guess you can. Like, how do you know that this kid who managed to get a gun hasn't managed to track down some ammo? Like, you don't know anything about him. I mean, he you doesn't look like he could gun. have found <laughs> no, his he own shoes. much like anything. You don't even know what he's been surviving on. It's kind of insane. But like, I guess I would... Like, when faced with crazy, I would rather err on the side of caution. And that is not what Dobu does. He's like, this is ridiculous. I'm just going to beat the crap out of this guy. And, oh, look, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> look. Brought down by his own arrogance. Yeah, very much so. Uh, I thought, like, how... I don't know, it's got to be really hard to get ammo in. It's got to be really hard to get ammo in Japan, oh, no? yeah, I'm sure um, it's <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> like, he might, he, might, he might have a point. He might have a point there. Like, how many people are there going to be with guns? And also, you know... Oh yeah, Dobu almost has connections. Dobu yeah, has connections to the other people. Clearly, with guns. you know. Clearly, you're dealing with a crazy person. <laughs> like, don't try not to mess with him. Yeah, maybe he's not going to shoot you. How do you know he's uh, not going to like gnaw your arm off? Don, <laughs> don't don't mess with me here. When when he said, "This these are the times that the gun was fired." Were you like, "That's accurate," or were you like, "Well, wait a second." Did it fire that time? Did no, we confirm I, that that was Dobu's gun that fired that shot? I I was willing to be I I don't I I'm willing to let the show have its surprises be surprises so I don't sit down and really think like what is going to happen here? I've got to figure it out so that I can like I can be like, "Oh, I'm right about this thing." No, I was I was pleasantly surprised when in fact the gun fired again. Um and then we you know, then we had another mystery. Like, where did that missing bullet come from? I don't know. It's kind of a... I don't know if you saw Nope in the theater, but the, the idea of a nope. bad miracle. You know, something something that inexplicable happens, but it's kind of bad. And <laughs> I mean, it's good in the sense that Dobu deserved his karmic justice, you know, for living the life he lived. And that's something I think that Otakawa brings up in a couple different scenarios or someone brings up where it's like, you're going to get what's coming to you uh, because, yeah. yeah. Well, we didn't and, even talk about the Ditch 11 angle. Like he no, definitely deserved this. <laughs> no, yes, that's true. Let's talk about it. Yeah. And he's, and you know, it's this big life-changing event for Tanaka, but like Dobu like 
barely remembers. This was just, you know, this this was just a normal day for him. Although I would point out that <laughs> it's a nice payday. <laughs> yeah, like when Dobo is being challenged, whether he's ditch eleven, and then the kid's like, "Hey, show me, show me your phone. I want to see if you've got this game." It seems like the kind of game you would have to devote an intense amount of time to, right? Like that was the that was the thing. Like, um, yeah. yeah, what is the name of the player? Sudan. Sudan. Sudan was playing it for hours. He oh, was... but he's trying to play the free version. If you were to just buy your way to the top, because you had lots of illicit money lying around. <laughs> You're right. I hadn't thought about that. I hadn't thought about that. I mean, it only costs one hundred and thirty thousand dollars or something to to like win in Diablo Immortal, right? <laughs> no, I think they figured out to to really do it. It required something like five hundred thousand, but that's because there's both like there's you can buy your way up to high level goods, but even at the high level good angle, there's a bunch of RNG. So oh, damn, you you still have to spend an extraordinarily large amount of money. I had to sell the house, darling. <laughs> but that's basically what Tanaka does. Like he's he's trying to buy his way to the top too. That is true. Or buy that his way into debt. Buy his way into debt. <laughs> when he bought that <laughs> eraser, he was like, "I'm buying my way to popularity with exactly three people." <laughs> but he was a kid. Like you understand and expect that. Like yeah, yeah. But although you know, as a template, it's sort of. Sh- is something he kept applying throughout his adulthood as well. Yeah, no, he was messed up. So clearly there were other issues at hand. I love a, I love a couple of things about him in the scene, though. Like when it's when it's almost anticlimactic that, you know, he's finally he finally meets he, he finally meets Otakawa and has this chance to get to get his revenge. And he's kind of like, I, I don't know, like, what what do I really want after all this apology, I guess? Like, yeah. You know, he he kind of he's after spending two months spending two months in like the same outfit, same hoodie. It's got to smell terrible by yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> you know, he's just like, what, what, what really, you know, what was, what was my end, what was my end game here? He looks terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I, I love, I love the way. Actually, I love the way he, um, his posture as he's walking around confronting Dobu, and I love, um, I love his scream. Because yeah. the show that has such has such had such um has such like relatively understated had really relatively understated volumes of this dialogue. Like we finally get a scream, and it's just this legit unhinged scream. It's it stands out so much. It's great. I agree. Um, Would scream again when he says, "I don't know what I want anymore. I lost something precious." I don't know if you guys saw. The Haunting of Bly Manor, or um, nope. the one before that, the the one that they did. Uh, what was the one they did before that? It was like um, <laughs> The Haunting of House Hill, of Hill House. Uh, it kind of reminded me of the way the ghosts behave in that series. Like how they they keep doing the same things. They keep like feeling the same feelings, but as time goes on, they lose all definition of like what they were doing or why he reminds me very much of like, of that kind of ghost where it's just like, he's just an embodiment of a feeling at that point. But then he has that sort of like sweet. I just want him to apologize moment. So 
but yeah, the Don Raku eraser coming out of his pocket was just, it was a chef's kiss of a moment. <laughs> I, I like this series because it keeps bringing those things back. It brought the capoeira back. It brought the, the eraser back in the most Japanese way where he was bowing. <laughs> he was bowing in apology eraser. and whoop, out it comes. Uh, but yeah, that's, I mean... We're talking about the wrapping up this episode, and uh, we also saw Yano, who had yes, like the best moment. <laughs> this is my this is my favorite Yano moment because yes. after he gets fooled and they make off with his money, uh, and he realizes that his money is the money he's been given has is a, is a decoy. He's like his rhyme scheme breaks. <laughs> I, lo- I love this so much. It's this, it's like, for, watch, you know, the previous episode, it's like you knew it was going to happen. Eventually he was going to have to, he was going to not rhyme at some point. You just didn't know when and how. And here is to indicate that he's stressed. He's realized he's, he's finally lost his cool. Even after, you know, he survived like burying a, or throwing a body in the water. Like he's, this is the, this is the one thing that finally breaks him is realizing he's been duped. He has not succeeded in this plan. And I love how, Sekiguchi actually like isn't freaked out by the counterfeits. He's actually exactly. more upset that yeah, he's yes. upset that Yano's stopped rapping. Well, well, uh, I love that the beat. I love that his little Yano's little rap beat is still playing, and he's just not rapping over it at this time. Like, excellent, very well done. Did the did the did the uh, did the joke land for you, Don? It felt yes, like such I, a long setup. So I, it was, but it was. I mean, it's. I wanted it. I wanted that to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also liked the moment when uh, when Otakawa and Dobu are in the car together. And he's like, my boss just has one rule. And he's like, what is it? He's like, I'm not going to tell you. And then I was like, what's the rule? <laughs> Don, what's the rule? What's his boss's one rule? It's Chekhov's rule. <laughs> is it no white after labor day that would be an amazing rule that i mean what kind of crime boss would be like i have no rules except that old-fashioned rule no white after labor day <laughs> <laughs> everything else what? is on the table i i think i think probably the i think probably the one rule was like no i was gonna i was don't don't include that. Don't include that. I was gonna. No, I was gonna. Just I was gonna be like, wait, that's uh, just. Yeah, that was. So the like, one rule is don't kill kids, right? Finale. No. No, that's no. not the rule. The one rule is. There are no rules. <laughs> the one rule is don't talk about rules. Damn it! I was just gonna say it. <laughs> that's the oh, first. Oh, yeah. sorry, I beat you to it. It's okay. It means I need to. I need to freshen up my memes. Don't right. kill kids is like in Bruges or something. There you go. We're still, we're still, our memes are still delayed by a bit. <laughs> um, the last scene, I guess, we're talking about with um, the diamonds. I, I know you were not all that into them, but it was kind of cool, I guess. It it doesn't feel very realistic to me, but. Uh, it reminded me of The Departed, 
how the elder Daimon's like police career was sort of subsidized by crime families. So he was kind of in the pocket of the of the evil of the evil since from the beginning. So um you know, but the younger one is just so over the top in how he reacts to everything in the entire series. Uh, it's nice to see him finally. This is again the karmic thing, the karmic cycle coming coming to fruition. You know, Daimon the Elder called him stupid and tried to tried. I don't know if he ever tried to pervert him or if he if he was actually trying to keep him away from him in some way, like keep him at arm's length. I I don't know. I kind of want to hear your guys' thoughts about this because it's they're an interesting character duo, and they have a very different arc than a lot of the other characters in the series. Thoughts on the diamonds? I diamonds in the rough. I don't understand what happens to them even later, but like. I guess brotherly love triumphs everything is the theme. Yeah. Like, the the good except good, for jail. Meaning, He's going to jail. But. Yeah, but he but it's like, oh, I, I realize now I strayed from the path of righteousness and therefore I am the prodigal son and I shall return to the fold and that involves being penitent and I shall go go to jail. I just wanna... That's Elder Diamond. <laughs> Yeah. Right, right. Did I did I get that right? You you guys agree? I, I think it's good. <laughs> um, so I, the problem is the younger Diamond is a goof. He's a goof, but he's the younger brother. He's he's just tagging along his police career. So. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's very weird. Like, and then he's now going to be the top cop. I guess it really. It really feels like an episode of Keystone Cops with these guys. Victoria has little... <laughs> finally got you finally thought of something to say, right? Yeah. I think that um little little diamond, he, ha- he actually has like a very similar he has a similar black and white sense of justice that Otokawa has. Hmm, I'd agree. He just deals he deals with it differently. Like Otokawa, they, you know, they both really believe in retribution and eventually punishing the people who are evil. Little diamond, little diamond is just more part of this. He does. He doesn't want to accept that his brother is part of the system. But he and eventually he does. Has, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he goes. He goes. He goes through all the emotions of there. There, like every every stage of grief at once. Eventually, justifying it. Well, you know, you're you're bad. You're bad, but Dobu's worse, or Yano is worse. They're both worse. <laughs> they are worse. <laughs> I don't know though. It's also weird that he drags him to, to he's like, together, brother, we're going to go arrest those guys. Like, you probably shouldn't bring the criminal with you. <laughs> it yeah, seems like a bad that's idea. That's where brotherly love triumphs, right? He's still <laughs> going through it. Like, I don't, I don't think he, I don't think he's fully accepted it at that point. I mean, it could, it could jeopardize any kind of like investigation slash, you know, trial at some point. Like, oh, you but, brought a known criminal with you to arrest yeah, him. Yeah, but he, this but he, trial. He, wants, he wants to live out that fantasy that he and his brother are going to stop evil together. Even That's if, true. Even, though, even, even if his brother is part of the evil. But he's not as bad. No. So it's okay. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> 
And so from this reference to the departed, I and we must also departed. <laughs> that, that's, that I, wrote, I, actually, I actually wrote that down. <laughs> I wish you hadn't. So do I, honestly. But I'm going to keep it because, you know, and I've departed. <laughs> All right. Anything else to say about these these three episodes as we head into the finale? Are we are we Don? Are we are we thinking there's a? Did, did you already watch thirteen? Are you? I you did. I, yes, I did. I popped the cherry. It's okay. okay. So- it's okay. We'll talk about it next time, but we're um, all just trying. We're all just trying not to spoil each other on things we already know. Yeah. Well. We're trying not to spoil the audience because we've told right, them I was this is a watch-along podcast. And it's safe. This is a safe place. This is a safe, sp- although it's not all that safe. No, not really. It's, it's safer. Especially, yeah. It's safer than Yano and Dobu. Anyway, uh, awesome. You guys, thanks for joining us again on Okashina Podcast Anime with Friends. We'll be back next week with our last, well, it might not be our last episode because there is a movie, which Victoria says is coming out September 8th. So that should be by the time you guys are listening to this in whatever September, late September, uh, the movie will already be out. We may have an episode for you there. We don't know yet. You may already have watched it. Uh, yeah, and I might be dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You may be in a very weird situation where you have watched the movie, but you'll be dead before your concert. That's true. Yeah, I didn't I didn't actually tell the people online, but I bought I bought this uh what is it called, Donna? A pennant. I bought yeah. a penitent. <laughs> no, a pennant. <laughs> I bought a pennant for the My Chemical Romance show that's going to happen <laughs> on September twentieth in Newark. And I bought it before I went to the show. So I have it now. Before I go to the show. So I was just thinking it'd be really ironic if I didn't make it to the show for some reason, some critical terminal reason. Uh, we didn't really talk at the top of the show and I know you guys are getting tired. So if you have anything else you'd like to discuss as far as like, what you're up to or how's life going or, you know, uh, see any good anime lately. I did take your advice and I've been watching uh, Harley Quinn on HBO. Ah, which I can positively report has been renewed for one more season yeah yeah this has been an interesting season are you caught up or are you just starting no i'm not i'm in season two okay well really good ride really funny stuff who's your favorite character um it might be bane bane is great can you do a bane impression i don't know if i have time to be doing impressions for you <laughs> yeah, that's good that's good uh yeah i mean i'm partial to poison ivy's like deadpan i think she's fantastic and her I, I very much like her as well yeah. her her back and forth with kite man is like my favorite they're they're like the ed hardy of relationships yeah all right she's, she's good anything victoria victoria I have been playing an Otome game on my DS. Very timely. Um, 
And yeah, I was using it part using it partly to partly to practice Japanese or see how much I understood. And the answer is clearly not very much because when I'm playing it, it's less of a dating sim and more of a death sim. I first played through every every character that possibly die die in my watch. Like I am a shitty heroine. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's the name of the game? What what's the what's the elevator pitch on that? Um. So there they were ultimate games for the manga Fushiki Yugi, which was like. My my, this was like my favorite manga growing up. I'll probably talk about it again at some point. They made, anyway. They it was a, that was a '90s one. They made these ultimate games for like the PS2 in the early mid 2000s, and then ported them to the DS. And that was the easiest way for me to play them. Yeah. So so my elevator pitch is like I am just living out all my childhood fantasies, where it's like, what if the same story, but I'm the heroine and I could date whoever I want. Oh my and, god! And, and, and then yeah, and then I'm just I'm like actually just killing everyone. It's beautiful. I lived yeah. out the fantasy <laughs> of I used to play when I played the original Final Fantasy VII. I remember I got to the part with Cloud where he dresses as a lady, and in the new one, it's like it's it's full on like drag fun, but in the original, it's just awkward and strange, and. uh you can choose to date Barrett instead of going out with Aerith or um, or Tifa. You could choose to date like the big black strong man with the gun arm. <laughs> and that's what I would do. I would date him and go on the Ferris wheel with him and I'd just pause it and stay up there. <laughs> Hell yeah! I mean, I love, I love when I love them when the person growing up is we get these like officially sanctioned fan fiction. Yes, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> how I felt. Uh, I'm currently reading the manga um, Tenki Nanka Janai, which is by Yazawa Ai. It's one of her first ones, but it was it was not in. Um, oh, I forget the name. It's not. I, I always think of the shojo mag- magazine names, and I'm like, was it cotton? Was it ribbon? <laughs> was it flowers? Flower. Um, cause they all have names like that, but, uh, I think it was in ribbon, which was more for the middle school set. Uh, and the stories are more about high school, middle school. So, or maybe even elementary. And it was like, you, you just want to read about the girls that are slightly older than you. Uh, but I bought the whole set of like renewed, um, books and, I realized like, I don't know any of these words. They're all, and all the slang is like from that era. <laughs> Like this is pre Nana. This is pre Paradise Kiss. So this is like before all that when she was just coming up as an artist and a writer. And uh, I I just realized I'm out of my depth a bit, so I had to look up a bunch of stuff. It's been pretty fun though. Uh, it's it it's like I I didn't read a lot of shojo growing up, but now I'm sort of catching up with it and yes, it's just, a, just a more interesting thing for me i don't know i've read so many shonen that it's time for me to move on all right i can help out with this i i love shoujo i i I absolutely grew up on it with sailor sailor moon being sailor moon sailor moon was really kind of like the genesis of my anime fandom and just the business in general i'm like i love those so much like there are just so many. There are just, I like. I like the. I just like the rich fancy ethics more, and there's really a good one. Like, I could like, talk about them for hours. But not on this I, show, Riley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you want to make a podcast? All right, out? everybody. Thanks I for do, listening. But what we will we be mention? back.
So I think that we could probably put together an ad for a show called The Podcast Minds. There, but for the grace of pod, go we. You know, it's a podcast where we both pitch each other podcast ideas instead of doing one ourselves. Yeah, it's a podcast pilot pitching project. We should mention that it's a comedy show, right? Where we throw out ideas like getting weirdly deep into the themes of Jumanji. Is that one a podcast? No, no. Uh, I, I, it's, a, it's a podcast uh, idea it's like- that is actually a front for me to talk to you about hyperfixations I got. Oh, that's uh, most of the things that you hit me with. Uh, what about instead if we just talked about all the different ways you could do a rewatch of Lost? Oh, that sounds like you just did what I did, but <laughs> you said it in a positive voice. Okay, and along the way, what if we pitched ideas like, I don't know, Epic Rap Battles of Mystery, the Lin-Manuel Miranda podcast? Listen to the podcast minds. There before the grace of pod, go we on your podcatcher of choice on the Moonshot Network. Hi-ho! Hi-ho! Every Friday. Hi there, my name's Max Newland. My friends and I love anime, but you don't have to take my word for it. Hello, my name is Max Kostrak, and I have a confession today. I do love anime. Hey there, my name is Stevie Matos, and I love anime like I love yogurt parfaits. I watch it, I engage with it, and I think about it a lot. Give me a good bed of mechs, sprinkled with some harem anime, a slice of life, and some little dabs of a sports anime. Let's go. Mm. Now doesn't that sound delicious? Join us every Monday at the After School Anime Club, a podcast where we play fun games and talk through the anime classics of the 90s and 2000s. That's the After School Anime Club, available now on your podcatcher of choice. of all time this is champs in the making a pokemon bracket podcast where we take every one of these creatures in the pokemon video game franchise put them in a bracket together and find out which one the best one is starmie gives me like organic free range gluten-free like fidget spinner energy swallow can swallow a tire hole in one gulp ladybug looks like it is ready to give you so many high fives with each of its little mitten hands <laughs> i don't like weird ears face it's got a big testicle for a nose, for sure. <laughs> I think Nido King's favorite beer is PBR. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Champs in the Making, a Moonshot Network podcast about Pokemon. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts or first at patreon.com slash moonshotnetwork.